This is Meg Tilton, and you are listening to the October 2018 edition of A Cup of Joel, entitled Becoming, Not Just Doing. This is the ACAL Life, a place where LDS women, and really any woman, can come to learn how every aspect of their life is beautiful and has purpose. A place to help you realize how important you are, and that this place we call Earth just wouldn't be the same without you. So sit back and take a breather in that unfolded laundry, and let's chat for a moment about your amazing life. Welcome back, everybody, to this month's episode of A Cup of Joel. I'm so glad you all are here and that you are willing to listen to Joel and I kind of banter back and forth and discuss gospel topics and hopefully get some thoughts going in your brain. Um, I think that's one of the things I really enjoy about Joel is that he is able to look at things from a different viewpoint and perspective that I think is healthy and always in line really with the teachings of the church and just a new perspective. And I hope that if you feel like your perspective is maybe coming into something at a little bit different of an angle, that you should embrace that and um, really welcome that because I think that that is what the church needs and we need everyone's perspective and viewpoint and input into learning the gospel and applying it in our life. So this is an amazing discussion where we talk more about the things that we become instead of the things that we do. So it's not merely a checklist that the Lord really requires us to do in order to return to him. And we discuss that in more depth on the podcast. We also make some conference, general conference uh, predictions, and we're excited to see if those come true. So please take a listen and I hope you enjoy it. Here's to our discussion this month. Well, welcome, Joel. How are you? I'm glad to see you not under 50 feet of water. Yes, we were not swept out to sea. Um, Most interesting, Megan, um, that hurricane, we're talking about Hurricane Florence, and I live in North Carolina, um, for days and days was making a beeline straight for us. And boy, it was the typical community reaction. No bread on the shelves, no water to be found. And for the first time, no gas in the pumps. We drained them dry. Um, but then the, the day before it hit, it, it turned south. And, and, uh-huh. and it slowed down physically in, in the speed it was moving, and it slowed down in intensity. So by the time it hit, it was category one, which is still bad, but we were looking at five. But it was, right. it was going at three miles an hour. And that's not a, a typo. You heard me correctly. Three miles an hour. You could walk fast and outwalk this hurricane and stay dry. <laughs> so what it meant was it just hovered over southern and eastern North Carolina and that part of South Carolina and did nothing but rain and rain mm-hmm. and rain and rain. So, yeah, there were some winds that knocked over trees, but the damage was 36 hours of nonstop water. That yeah. well, the legacy of, of Hurricane Florence. Yeah. Do you know what the highest water total was? Because I saw on the Weather Channel at one point like 40 inches of rain. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, where I live in Chapel Hill, we we're just far enough inland, the hurricane seemed to do an end around 
all around us. We got our fair share of rain, but we did not get, you know, flooding like you heard about everywhere else. But unfortunately, you know, water flows downhill. So the, mm-hmm. this low part of the state, which is the coast, got soaked. Then the state came, the hurricane came our direction. We got the rain. It went into the streams. And where did it all go? Back to eastern and southern North Carolina. They got flooded twice. Mm-hmm. It's a mess down there. It truly is a mess. Yeah. Well, it must be all your virtuous living, Joel. That, that's why it missed you. <laughs> oh, God, spare me so I can repent. I owe him one. I appreciate it. <laughs> yes, your, your little humble abode. You had no trees fall on you. That's what I was afraid of for oh, you yeah, guys, yeah. having Just, trees yeah. fall on your house. I'm on a half-acre lot with probably 200-plus trees. And we were, mm-hmm. we were very worried, very worried. But like I said... Chapel Hill was in this donut where that Florence just went around us, but we didn't get hit. Not this time. We're up next. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's hope it's not for like another hundred years and then it won't That's matter. right. That's right. To you. Fortunately, fortunately, there's nothing in the scriptures that makes me worry about storms and turbulence and trials at the end no, of days. Nothing. I think we're all, nothing. I think it's all behind us now. <laughs> Nothing to worry about. That's actually yes. not a bad little segue into today's topic, Meg, if you're ready to okay. kind of jump into I'm it. I'm ready. Um, yes. Well, maybe there's no segue at all now that I think about it, but, <laughs> but here we go. Um, as we talked about as a teaser last time, you know, Jesus and his prophets have made a series of statements about how to get into the celestial kingdom. And usually they're one of those, you know, if X, then Y. And that's throughout the scriptures. If you repent, you shall live long upon the land, or whatever that Nephi promise is. Um, mm-hmm. Well, there's a number of scriptures that deal with that to get into heaven. And I pulled some, and I'm going to actually read them to you. Um, I won't quote the references, and I can later if you need me to. But here's an example where Jesus said, Except a man be be born of water and of the spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. If X, then Y. Here's another one. There cannot be any unclean thing enter into the kingdom of God. Here's another one. Um, Verily I say unto thee, except a man be born of God, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven. Um, Except all who have, except you have a broken heart and a contrite spirit, none else can enter into the kingdom of heaven. I say that you must repent and be born again, or you cannot enter into the kingdom of heaven. Again, no unclean thing can enter into the kingdom of heaven. They who have endured the crosses of the world shall inherit the kingdom of God. There's a positive spin on if X, then Y. Uh, all men. Teach your children, all men everywhere must repent or they can in no wise inherit the kingdom of God. Um, There's a whole bunch of those like that. Um, And as I looked them over, I kind of thought, holy. Megan is doomed. That's what you thought. (laughs) That's right. right. (laughs) Uh, Well, I did think that. My second, actually, here's a couple others. Uh, Blessed are the meek, they shall inherit the earth. Uh, You must repent and become as a little child and be baptized in my name where you can no wise enter the kingdom of heaven. 
Okay. We, I looked over this list, and with the help of my good friend, Dallin Oaks, who would not know me if he ran over me with his automobile, but he gave a great talk we'll talk about in a second. Um, I divided the list into two camps. Um, baptism, receiving the Holy Ghost, repenting, enduring to the end. These are things we have to do to get into the kingdom of heaven. Jesus said, come follow me. Do what I do. So to get into heaven, Megan, we've got to do these things. Scriptures are very plain. But there's more. Having a broken heart, having a contrite spirit, being born again, be as a little child, be meek, have charity, be humble, be lowly of heart. These are not things we can do. These are states of being. Jesus said, what manner of man, or for our audience, what manner of woman ought you to be, even as I am? Megan, that's the state of being. Jesus said, you've got to be as a little child to get into heaven. You've got to have a broken heart or contrite spirit to get into heaven. In the general conference in the year, about year 2000, is when Dal Notes gave that awesome talk, The State of Being, uh, that I encourage everyone to go look up because I rarely hear, I hear about it now and then, but it's not referenced, I don't think, in the Mormon culture nearly enough as it ought to be. Mm-hmm. We're very programmed to do, do, do to get to heaven. By your works, mm-hmm. you shall be judged. And I'm not discounting that at all. But a lot of us, Meg, I think are in for a huge bad surprise when we get up there, if we say, there, I did all my home teaching and I did, 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 did everything you asked me to do, 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 do. And Jesus said, be gone, you never knew me. To get into heaven requires a state of being. So how do I be humble? What do I have to do to be humble? What do I have to do to have a broken heart? Those aren't things that we do. I can't say to the spouse, oh, look, it's Tuesday morning. Today is uh, charity day. I'm going to go out and be charitable. I'll be back at 11. No, mm-hmm. I'm either a charitable man or I am not. I'm either a humble man or I am not. I either have a broken heart and a contrite spirit or I do not. Mm-hmm. I want to get to heaven as much a state of being as it is a state of doing. And how do you become that being? Well, service, 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 service. Uh, This is not a podcast about service, but but that's Mm -hmm. how we change our inner man or inner woman by serving others. Serving is doing, but it's like a, in chemistry class, it, it creates a, chemical change within us if we allow it to that changes our being and we become we become what god wants us to become mm-hmm. um, so that was kind of my thought of the day yes let's continue to do the things we were commanded to do but let's remember even more important i will say is even more important we've got to be becoming 
who we should be becoming because only people who've become Christ-like get into the celestial kingdom. True or false? Yeah. I, uh, well, of course, true, Joel. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Do you only speak true? Oh, <laughs> you are so wise. <laughs> uh, but I think the interesting thing is, is that I think it's very human nature to want to check a box. Yes. Right? Yes. Like, we're done. You know? Yes. So I think that that's why when people join the church, you see this so much. People are so excited to join the church because they're like, oh, I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to be forgiven of my sins. Yes. Check. Yes. You know, I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost. Yes. Check. Yes. I'm going to do whatever. Go on Check. a mission. Check. You know? Got married in the temple. Yeah. Check. But then... Like the reality of really what the gospel expects of you, which is to change. Yes. And that's why so much of what we do in the church is service. Like we all serve in callings right. for not getting paid, callings that we don't ask for, we're basically assigned. And that's, I think, when a lot of people are like, whoa. Yeah. Uh, this is not like a checked box right. because I could be in this calling for 10 years. Yes. Yeah. You know, like there's no like end date and it might be something that you're not comfortable with, yeah. you know, that's outside of your comfort zone. Um, not something that doesn't play to your strengths. A lot of times it plays to your weaknesses, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm, that's a really interesting take on how sometimes those things happen. Yeah. But those aren't things that you just check. It's like you, you have to invest and change and morph into something different if you want to really magnify that calling of service yes. and do it to your best ability, right? More true words. That's human nature. So, You're right. The spirit is willing. The flesh is weak. Many are called. Few are chosen. There's all sorts of cliches we can throw at this phenomenon that you accurately describe. Yeah. It's yes. much easier to do than to be. Yes, for sure. So you, you, um, you talked about service. So I've served a lot, yeah. but I haven't always happily served. Oh, huge point. And thank you for being <laughs> honest because we are all that way. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Let's be very clear to our listeners. Let's make no mistake to all the anti-Mormons who will correctly pounce on this podcast. We mm -hmm. do not and we cannot serve our way into heaven, into the celestial kingdom. Mm -hmm. Because just like you said, it's entirely possible to spend a lifetime of service and not become Christ-like. It's entirely possible to pay tithing and resent doing so. Even probably more apropos to our listeners, it's entirely possible to provide service to someone and resent that person for getting into the predicament that requires us to have to serve them to begin with. It's entirely possible to serve a two-year mission and come home without a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've seen that happen. And mm -hmm. it's entirely possible to grow up in this church. I'll rephrase. It's entirely possible to grow up in the LDS culture and turn 30 or 40 or 50. And then something comes out of Salt Lake that rocks your world. And all of a sudden, mm -hmm. I don't have a testimony. I don't think the church is true anymore. Because I, I've spent my whole 50 years serving 
but never had a spiritual experience that changed me. The church has been a lifelong country club full of great people, but all of a sudden there's a country club policy that I don't agree with. I'm going to, I can't be a member of this country club anymore. Point is what you just said. It is entirely possible to serve without changing. We need to be aware of that self-aware. And that's where the Holy ghost comes in. The Holy ghost. We can't do this change on our own. Heck no. This Holy ghost will help us change. You know, as we fast and pray and allow him to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting because often when you serve, right, you serve people who are not living this law themselves. And so a lot of times, sometimes they take from you and that can be very, very hard. Like I I was thinking about when you were saying you like you serve somebody and then you're resentful towards them because I've seen myself do this a lot with people who I had a, a woman that I helped move and she'd gotten herself into quite a predicament like that she should not have been in. Right. And it was very hard for me not to be resentful yeah. that I was having to serve her in this way and move her and yeah. all of that. But, you know, you do have to kind of step back and be like, what she does with her life is not my business. Right. This is kind of what I think. Um, I think this is a really good example of how we are to. Um, I think I hope this makes sense in the whole grand scheme of things. But like I often think about how we're to judge, right? Mm-hmm. Like it says, you know, we're supposed to judge righteously, and Correct. I think this does come into service a little bit because I can look at somebody and say, "You're." you shouldn't be in this predicament. Like, this is not correct. But what I can't do is say, is judge why they're in the predicament. Yeah. Because I'm like, I don't know everything. I don't know their mental state. I don't know their past. I don't know any of that. And so my only job is to be like, okay, what's happening right now that they need help with that I'm capable of helping them with? That's correct. And, And then go from there. So... I really like this. I really like the example that you used of um, serving a mission and coming home with no testimony. Because after serving a mission, I came home and that was one of the biggest things I actually took home from a mission was I'm like, I can totally see why people come home and go inactive after serving a mission. Because if you're not in it for the right reasons, it is so hard. Yes. So hard. Yes. Can you hear my dog? Can you hear my dog? (laughs) One of our many listeners. Yeah, he's snoring yeah. in the back. I thought it was Greg. I'm sorry. I thought it was no. Greg. <laughs> you should not call Greg a no. dog, Megan. I realize he's sorry. a hard husband at times, but please, not over the airs. No. Keep that private. My, sorry, listeners, my dog Griffin is totally snoring in the back. You know, <laughs> as a humorous aside, I remember on my mission, looking around at my fellow elders, male missionaries, mm-hmm. and saying to myself, my sisters are at home being taught young women's to marry somebody like you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> what are we teaching? That's, That's totally false doctrine. <laughs> I came home from my mission with a gain a testimony of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but having lost my testimony of returned missionaries. <laughs> oh, You're an RM, hilarious. not impressed. Yeah. 
and we can say this because we're both RMs. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes. So, yes. no, I mean, really, I understand where you're coming from, but I served with great elders yes. for the most part. Yes. There were a, and, a few I. that were a little, you yeah. know, out there, and that's okay. Yeah. But uh, I served with great, great people. Some who are, I like, they were like brothers to yeah. me. Like, <laughs> I mean, that's who, who they were, and I just love them all. They're amazing, but I totally understand yeah. what I guess I'll, I'll bring this uh, part of our discussion to closure uh, with a quote from John the Baptist. Um, you know, at his day, the, the elite Jews, the ruling class, were all of that because of genealogy. We are the children of Abraham. We are the children, chosen people because of who we were born to. And you know what? We all know what John the Baptist had to say about that. You know, you're nobody because of who you're born to. God can take these rocks and raise up children of Israel. Well, John the Baptist was talking to Mormons. He was talking to Latter-day Saints, you and me. Let us not be so hoity-toity that we've got the restored gospel, and I am doing all of my callings. Therefore, I'm making it into the celestial kingdom. Well, no, no, no. The person who's never heard of this church, who's become like Christ, will get into the celestial kingdom because they will get, the only thing they lack are the ordinances, which they will get in the millennium if they don't get them in this earth life. Mm -hmm. All mankind, all God's children have equal access to the celestial kingdom. Become who Jesus wants you to become. Mm -hmm. Easier said than done. Yes. But I think a very good reminder. I think that that's a very good reminder because we can, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Yes. Now that we have to say the whole thing. <laughs> um, we can get really caught up on the to-do list. Yes. Like, I have to go minister. Yes. I have to go serve in my calling. I have to go take this person dinner. And we I do. Yes, go. that's right. And we do. We're not discounting. We're great at doing. that. We but are great at we forget it. why we're doing. The doing is not the yeah. end. Doing is a means of change. Change is the end. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think if you really can become that person and you change, then it's not drudgery and you don't burn out. Yes, Right? Because then you know when you can charitably say yes. Yeah. And when sometimes you can say, I'm sorry, I just can't do that right, right now. Yeah. Because I think sometimes we don't talk about this a lot, and it's not something I highly encourage, but sometimes to say mm -hmm. no is actually the more charitable thing to mm -hmm. do. Because then you're not resenting mm -hmm. somebody. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. you know. So... Yeah, I think it's if you as you become and you change, then you do things from a much higher level of wanting to do right. them instead of checking the box. Yes, to do them. yes, yes. And you do things with yeah. with Christ like love in your heart mm -hmm. as opposed to yeah. an obligation, which is, yes. yeah, yeah, become more Christ like. Yeah, not bad. Right. Awesome, 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 awesome. Okay. So what's next month? Actually, I thought next month we would do a general conference. Oh, postmortem. Review. Review. Review, yes. But in anticipation <laughs> of that, we right now 
we're going to make predictions. Oh, we're going okay. live. I'm excited. I want you to make okay. a prediction. I'm going to make a prediction of some change that okay. President Nelson or, or him of his minions haha, will be announcing <laughs> in two weeks. Now, for our listeners, we're recording this. What's the 29th of September? So we're yes. a week away from conference. So a, a week. This will go live on conference Sunday. Well, perfect. So, um, perfect. Now, yeah. because of what happened six months ago, we're now like anything's open. I mean, anything can happen. Right. You know, before it's like I have a prediction. So go first and then I'll follow. What's your prediction? Okay. My prediction is that we're gonna go to a two hour block. I've heard that from more people. Most interesting. <laughs> That's that saddens me to a degree. I know. It does me too. But I don't have kids in yeah. the home anymore, so I'm not you know. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. It will um, help out on construction costs. You can squeeze more wards into a building. Um, yeah. And I guess. Yeah, but it, it's, I don't know how they're going to do it because I'm like, what are they going to cut out? I've heard that you'll alternate weeks. You'll still have your sacrament meeting. And then right. in odd numbered weeks, you go to Sunday school and go home. And even number weeks, you go to priest society and priesthood and go home. And primary is still every week. Mm-hmm. Who knows? I've heard that as well. Yeah, that does make me sad. Yes, I know. One more hour to kill it all. <laughs> One more hour to raid the fridge. Um, the folks who've yeah. mentioned that is, you know, others. I say, give me your prediction. They'll say that, and they'll they'll follow it with, "I'm sure the church will." have something for us to do as families on Sunday to mm-hmm. fill that time. And I'm just going to mm-hmm. turn us loose and say, just study your scriptures some more. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. I'm batting around three in my head. Okay. Um, I guess I should pick one, not three. Um, well, I want to hear all three. I, I, I'm totally I wish all three would happen. Um, one okay. is uh, I wondered Maybe they'll just equalize male and female missions. Uh, why are the women going out at 19? I mean, it was a huge leap to go from 21 to 19. Why not just let them go at 18 like the guys? Um, okay. I suspect that. Do you think they'll equalize their time? Well, I wondered that two too. Years? I mean, why not? Other than get them home and get I'm them. I'm so glad I did not serve <laughs> two years. Where's your attitude, young lady? <laughs> There's my like check the box. Yes, I'm yes, yes. Um, I don't know why they can't be two years. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why it was eighteen months to begin with, unless it was just yeah. Send them out late, bring them home early so they can get married. I mean, I can't think of it. But, yeah, it doesn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So that was one. Okay. Um, two, um, huge. I would love to see them standardize temple marriage across the globe. As okay. far as I, I'll tell you what I mean. As far as I can yeah. tell, and I haven't researched this exhaustively, but in, I know in Australia, you can get married civilly and then you get married in the temple. At least when I was on my mission, that was the law. You could not get married in the temple. You had to get sealed in the temple. A marriage had to be public and civil. Um, in America, if you get married civilly, you have to wait 12 months to get sealed in the temple. 
But I understand in Europe, it's like it is in Australia. You can get married and then immediately go to the temple. So in essence, we're running two different marriage programs in the church. Canada and the U.S. have this year lag if you get married civilly first. Everyone else has no lag at all. Um, I think America and Canada ought to change and go with the rest of the world um, for a couple of reasons. One, I mean, I grew up in a part member family. My dad could not come to my wedding because my wedding took place inside a temple and hurt feelings. How many hurt feelings are there? Like, why can't I come see my own kid get married? Um, Same with my yeah, dad. Yeah. Yeah. I dad. wanted to do the right thing. I don't regret what I did, but it hurt my dad. Well, my dad was hurt. Um, mm -hmm. Why not let us all just get married civilly and then reserve temples should not be for the temporal. Temples are for the eternal. Marriage is temporal. A ceiling is eternal. You know what I mean by that? So, and yeah. it gets us all out of the whole gay marriage thing. Hey, we're out of the marriage business. LBS couple, go get married by a minister, a justice of the peace, but then show up to the temple for, and we'll do the ceiling. So I'm hoping that that comes down the pipe. Okay. That, I know you've talked to me about that one before. I think that would be very interesting. Yeah. I think that's probably coming at some point for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And your third. The third actually was the same one that you said, the, the, the two hour. Yeah. So I didn't want to copy you. So I figured I'd throw up the other two. But. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, it'll be fun. I'm sure it'll be some things we don't even know. Yes. I know. I mean, you know, I mean, he's a. I love President Nelson. Mm -hmm. He is a mover and a shaker. He's like, got to get it done, people. No kidding. No time to waste. If you would, so. Did anybody see him whacking high priests six months ago? I mean, no. he just whacked the whole coral. <laughs> You're done. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh. We all. But Greg has been saying that for years, yeah. that that needed to happen. Oh, he, he is was like, this is prophetic. Ridiculous. Yes. I figured scouting would get the X. I mean, I, we all just kind of figured sooner or later, once Monson is gone, hate to see it, President yeah. Monson, scouting would right. go. Well, I'm interested to see what they do with the whole youth program because they're really revamping yeah. it all. And so it will be very, very interesting. It's it's sad because we live in a different, like it's totally different raising my kids now than when I was raised. Yeah. You know, just in terms of what kids do outside of school, mm -hmm. you know, because I played sports and stuff, but I just played through school. I wasn't on any clubs. I didn't have to do it during right. the summer. I didn't have to do all these extra things. But my kids, like if they, we just want like, for example, we want our boys to be able to play high school soccer. Mm -hmm. But to be able to do that, you have to play on clubs yeah. to be good enough right. to play at that level. Yeah. And so... Now, you know, one of my boys is in club soccer and we're going to soccer practice twice a week, yes. games on the weekends. And like we found a team that's really awesome that he doesn't have to play on Sunday. But a lot of times those kids have to play on Sunday. True. And that's something we're not willing to do. And so, you know, it's just a lot. It's a lot, a lot. So, well, anyway, we'll see. It'll be interesting. Maybe the prophet will say no more podcasts. I'm tired of the false doctrine. I'm hearing on all these podcasts. Well, that would make my life a lot 
easier. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a whole bunch more time on my hands, but I love doing the podcast. Yeah, me too. So. Anyway, I don't think he's going to say that because they've said, you need to get out there and start blogs and put your voice out in the world. So I don't think he's going to bring down the hammer on us, Joel. All right. (laughs) Well, we'll be back next month then to see how we were wrong. All right. Sounds good. Thanks for joining me today. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Again, such a great discussion with Joel, and I want to thank him for being so willing to come on and put himself out there and talk about these things on a very public platform. So I wanted to give the reference for the talk that he discussed. Again, it is Elder Oaks talk from October 2000 General Conference and it is entitled The Challenge to Become. And I have listened to that talk since we talked about it um, together on this podcast and it is a great great talk. I highly encourage that you go and listen to that. I will link to it in the show notes as well. All right, everybody. I hope you have a great Sabbath day and that you are uplifted and edified and that you know that your heavenly father loves you because he does. We will see you tomorrow when the eight cow life returns and next week, next month, we'll see you back here to discuss all the great things that happen in general conference for our November edition of a cup of Joel. Until then, have a great month and we'll see you then. Bye-bye.